Hello and welcome to a new episode of Doctrine and Doxology. We are glad to be back. Things are a little different. We have no introductory music. Oh, uh, no. How I know. How to do this without introductory? Could I hum something? Please don't. We're in a different location. We have different equipment. We actually have mobile equipment now. Crazy. Oh, my goodness. We can do this anywhere. We could go on vacation and still do it. Wow. Wow. My workload just went up. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we're back, and I'm glad to be back. It's been I a long too. time coming. Where have we been? Well, we've been hanging out at the BCM. Over a month. Yes. Over a month away. Unscheduled, unplanned, well, unprecedented. If, if there is uh, someone wondering where we have been, they should know that our all of our recording equipment that we have been using burnt to the ground. To the ground. We've been there. We've looked at it. It is melted plastic and ash. Yes, it is. Uh, and along with that, everything that we had that pertained to the podcast, past episodes, um, again, introductory music. Oh, yes. All that kind of stuff that we had stored and used. That system is toast. Burnt that, toast. That computer is a little toaster right now. Burnt toast. It is gone. If they don't know, our, our church building burnt down. To the ground. To the ground. and uh, But, you know, the church is not in the building. Church is doing fine. The church is doing fine. Building not so much. So, so that's where we've been. Right. Exactly. And now we're in this new phase of life for us. I think we're in the twilight zone. Hmm. Hmm. Do, 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 do. We don't know where we're going, but we know we're following Jesus. We know where we've been. Yes. Don't know where we're going. Yeah, so here we are um, in a makeshift location yes. with a makeshift setup. Uh, lots of kinks still to iron out. So I hope it's a good podcast and not a, not a lot of mistakes. Well. Other than the normal ones. True. Um Anyways, there's a lot for us to figure out as we navigate this, as we try to make it um, bearable, maybe, is the word. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll carry on. We'll get there. God's God's helping us. Yeah, and we're glad to be back. We're glad to be doing this again. Yes, absolutely. Trying to get back in a groove. In a groove. Right. So, um, we decided that it would be good today to take a break from the series where yes. we were looking at the attributes of God. Right. Um, and kind of talk about where we're at right now, what we're learning, what's been going on, all that kind of good stuff. Okay. That sounds good. So the fire burned the building down. Yes. Uh, our church is meeting now in a temporary location, the Baptist Collegiate Ministries building here and in our community. Right, really a good location, too, because, you know, it's right across the street from campus. Yeah, location's Hopefully great. Hopefully we'll uh, be able to draw some unchurched college students. Absolutely. Um, yeah, hoping to be a good gospel neighbor and presence in partnership there with the BCM. They're doing that already, and we hope that we're aiding them in that objective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there's things that we're learning, and that's what we thought might be good for us to talk about today, mainly because that's where we're at. Exactly. We're I mean, learning a lot of stuff. And and most of the time, as as 
we minister to others, it comes out of the overflow of what God is teaching us. Yes, yes. And so, I don't know, I thought it would be a little hard and awkward to talk about something other than this for our first episode back. Because this is where we're at. Well, and it's it permeates our mind as well. Right now, it uh, most certainly God's, does. God's love has been poured out toward us in ways that are very humbling. Yes. Other churches have that we have no true connection with other than we are brothers and sisters in Christ are pouring out love on us that it amazed me and it made me ashamed that I haven't been faithful to pour out love on other churches when they were in trouble. Yeah, the Lord has definitely taught us how to be other-minded yeah. in the sense of caring for others. We're looking inward all the time. Yeah. Um, before we, we get into all of that, let me start by asking you. Okay, me? Yep. Um, in your first moments after the fire, maybe that next day or that next week. Okay. What do you think was your biggest fear? Fear. I mean, naturally, we 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 have l- little faith and our flesh right, rises right. up. And so I know the answer is we shouldn't have had any fears, but we did. We had fears. I mean, we had questions. For both of us, when you say we? I'm saying any natural human being in that moment would have had some, oh, no, feelings. I think that when we were standing across the street from the building as it was burning, there was some fears. But there was also an underlying knowledge and confidence that God is still God. He's still in control. And he's going to handle it. He's going to deal with us through this. And carry us through. So what was your fear in that moment? I mean, if you had to pinpoint one kind of big Uncertainty one. Uncertainty of, of the future. You know, I, I realize that God knows the future and he's in charge. And, but there was a little uncertainty. There's some doubt that I may have had that uh, God would carry us through. But but at the underlying it, the same at the same time, I kind of rebuked myself and said, no, God will carry us through. I know he is faithful. Yeah. And I know he's in charge of all things. Yeah. I think for me in that moment, uh, as we're standing across the street and watching it burn down, cave in, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, God helped me a lot in that moment not to have any concerns. Yeah. That's I mean, I, the way I, feel. I, I knew in that moment, this is okay. Yeah. Uh, and I had several people remark to me, in the coming days after that, um, how surprised they were at how calm I was. But the fears kicked in later. Oh, okay. Uh, they came probably the next day or the day after that, or even the third day after that. I think my biggest fear was not just uncertainty for the future, but um, are we going to make it as a church specifically? Okay. Are we going to stay together? Yeah, I guess that that is a concern, but it uh, indicates to me that we need to really bear down and and focus on the goodness of God and and does he really have a purpose for our church? Is this something that God wants us to continue to minister? Yeah. And, And my bottom answer has to be yes. I really believe he still has a place for our church in our community. He still has a 
desire for us to minister to college students and yeah. to families. Yeah, you know, I still have to, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a fear anymore, but maybe an awareness that there's going to come a point in time when we get tired of setting up and tearing down and being sure, in sure. a place that's not our own and um, kind of transitional, transitory, transient kind of feeling. Right, um, right. And so there's now an awareness that that time's going to come and we're going to have to push through it, but it's not a it's not a fear anymore. Um, no, we can we can add on the receiving end of uh, God's favor here. Uh, we can see how God has protected us in many ways, mm-hmm. and how He's provided for us in many ways. Yeah. So we can just see the outpouring of God through uh, His Christian community. Yeah. So that's I think how my fears, uh, how God began to handle my fears. Um, I've been amazed, like you were saying earlier, just at the encouragement of people from all over the place as far as Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, encouraging us with donations, kind words, prayers. Right. Um, reaching out, all, all sorts yeah. of things that even just personally, um, people reaching out to me as pastor and, and um, really just kind of building me up. Uh, I have, well, we were talking one day, I don't know if you remember this, but... Probably not. Um, there were, you know, people asking the question, what if this is God's judgment against us? Uh, what okay. if God is disciplining us? What if God's angry with us? People were naturally asking lots of questions. And you and I were riding one day and I said, you know, if God is angry with us, he sure has a real funny way of showing it because <laughs> I've never felt so loved. Yeah, exactly. And so um, cared for and surrounded. Right. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true at all. Because as I look back, if somebody were to ask me that, I would look back and and to the best of our ability, we're serving God, keeping him first, keeping, our, keeping ourselves last. Yeah. And pursuing his kingdom right and i think that's what pleases him and the bible teaches us that well i definitely wouldn't say that i think it was god's judgment no but i'm not going to say that i don't think it's his discipline in some form because the scriptures tell us discipline isn't bad that's true god will actually do it as a really good gracious act to shore us up and to strengthen us and sanctify us and refine us and right right uh, we think of discipline as the child did something wrong. Now here's the as consequences. Punishment. Yeah, and here's the punishment. Um, but but God doesn't always discipline like that. Right. And is it Hebrew? It's chapter twelve in Hebrews, right? Or ten? I always confuse it. Ten or twelve. Um, the writer of Hebrews tells us you're being disciplined as sons because God loves His children, and that's true. He's a loving heavenly Father, and He cares for you and wants the best for you, and so. Sometimes he allows and permits and even directs these things so that we'll grow in our faith. I didn't find it. It's 10 or 12 of Hebrews. It's like the middle of the chapter. Must be 12. No, it's got to be 10. (laughs) A kingdom that cannot, it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Go back there. Go back to that page. Chapter 10. That little indented part there. Uh, This says, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. That's Jeremiah 31. 
Yes. Now I gotta look. Okay, Hebrews. Uh, where are you at? Hebrews. Hebrews. Sorry, it is chapter twelve. Okay, I was almost there, and you pulled me back. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Quote, Proverbs three eleven and twelve. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Verse 7, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are an illegitimate child and not sons. Besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good. Hallelujah. That we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. Sounds good, doesn't it? I almost hope and wish it's that, God's discipline. That pertains to us. Yeah. Because I don't think we have to be doing anything outlandishly wicked. Correct. For God to discipline us, to make us holy. In fact, we all deserve discipline at all times, right? I mean, it, sure, it, absolutely. It, it was, uh, gosh, this this uh, this month I went to Denver to the Evangelical Theological Society, and I think it was a presentation by by Joel Beakey, and he said, um. The smallest sin has more evil in it than the greatest difficulty. Interesting. Which was just a great thought. Yeah. And so it just reminds me that God can discipline us anytime because even the smallest of our sins has the greatest evil in it. Right. But if right. he is disciplining us as a church, uh, then hallelujah, he cares for us. He loves us. He's, right, right. He's making us holy. And so I'm, I'm actually... Hopeful that's what's going on. Very, very interesting. I have never thought of it that way, but I, I think I agree with you. I can see our church as a whole uh, kind of like, I don't think we're like Laodicea where we're just going through the motions with a mundane attitude. Yeah. But, but are we truly on fire for Christ? And I, I'd have to say, are you truly on, on fire? No. Do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you want to serve him? Yes. But are you on fire for him? Uh, Maybe not. Well, I look at this and I say the Lord is not letting us be stagnant or stale. I mean, we're not just a stick in the mud anymore. He's making us. He's thrust us into the situation to make us who he wants us to be and to do what he wants us to do. As a church. As a whole church. Not necessarily as a building. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, it's going to be better on the other side. You'll have a, you have a, a better place to stay and a better place to worship. That may not be true. Right. But we should be a better church. Yeah. We should be worshiping better. Absolutely. No matter where 
God puts us. Absolutely. And you know, I do have hopes for a for a building and a hopes for a something a home. A home, yeah, to meet at. But that's not the church. That's just the building. Right. And you got to keep our minds on that. We're we're the church. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't we rather have gone through this as an act of God's discipline to make us holy rather than having an existing as an uneventful place, almost a lifeless place, going through the same things, same routines for 50 years. Correct. Absolutely. So I don't think it's God's judgment. I hope it's his discipline. Regardless, we're learning a lot of good lessons. We definitely are. Learning that you can be faithful without a building. You can be generous. You can be generous without a building. We're learning what it, what, I I don't want to say what it's like. We're getting a very, very small taste of what life may be like for some of our other brothers and sisters around the world. Right. Who exist as the church without a building. That's true. Or a meeting place where they go from place to place to place. And we're, we're really spoiled. We are. I mean, just a lot of places, a lot of churches in our community offered our offered their building yep. or offered parts of their building uh bcm offered immediately offered the uh the meeting room there yeah and uh it's just been a uh a, a blessing to see god's love being out forward by others yeah because they really care so we're learning that we can be faithful without all the trappings that we once had and that we can be faithful without all the formalized ministries or programs that we once had. That's true. I mean, we were already trying to do this. We were trying to simplify our ministries and kind of cut away the fat. Well, the Lord has forced that to happen. There's just some things right now we cannot do. That's true. Because we don't have the place. We don't have the resources. And that's okay. We're finding that that we're still walking with the Lord as a church uh, even without those things. Right. And like you said earlier, we're hoping to be faithful in the opportunity of being across campus. Yeah. What a great place to uh, have a church service every Sunday morning. I hope God is uh, reworking our perspectives and our priorities as a whole church of people uh, to realize, hey, there's there's something more important than all these other things. The eternity right. of, of souls, uh, obedience to the Lord, faith, those things are so much more important than decorating your building or having it laid out like you want or whatever else. Yes. So I, I see a lot of good, a whole lot of good. And I, I hope, um, you know, I, I guess let me say this another way. On the other end of all of this uh, or other side of this coin, I find God specifically teaching us how to be godly leaders. Because we have to lead his people right now in ways that I was never prepared to do. Right, right. I never thought about it. We need to encourage them to stick together and to stay true to God. Yeah. Be faithful. The objectives of our shepherding right now, of our leadership, are so much more refined and, and... scripture focused and christ focused that i think it's a really good leadership sanctification time for us maybe the discipline is working well hallelujah (laughs) 
I don't want to resist it. No, right? absolutely not. I and you know, there's we're not being um, negligible or we we don't have fantasy ideas here about what life may be like in six months. Right. We know that there's still some hills to climb and and valleys and rivers to wade through and difficulties when people do get exhausted of of meeting like this and tensions may run high sometimes as we consider uh insurance and building and things like that but i'm i'm convinced we're going to learn a lot of good from it i am too i i i don't know what the future holds of course only god knows god knows that and I have hopes for a new building, uh, hopes for a, a great place to gather and worship, but also I, I think that's all secondary. Yeah. Our church, I think our church should and will grow through this time. And I hope we grow by conversions. By conversions and by spiritual faithfulness. Yeah. I want to be more faithful today than I was yesterday Yeah. or last month. Yeah. And hope our our people, our congregation feels the same. You know, one of the, you said worship there. One of the immediate lessons that I began to see and, and hope that our people were learning was that worship isn't dependent upon polished services. So I don't think they ever thought that in our service. Well, that's, that's <laughs> probably true. But, I mean, things have, have been even more messed up than before. Like... You're learning a whole new sound system. You're learning a whole new computer system, projector system. Right. There were glitches in those things as we were navigating that. We were having to make adjustments. Now we print out a whole bulletin with the order of service in it and the songs in it and all those sorts of things. Makes it easier. I mean, we're having... Less complicated. We're making major adjustments, but through those adjustments, there was some hardship. I mean, sometimes the... Well, like that one Sunday, the projector just went off and the computer yes. restarted and then went to sleep. Right in the middle of a song. <laughs> yeah. And so people were just standing there listening to you. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to feed them the words before we actually sang them. And well, sometimes you can do that and sometimes you can't. Right. But in some ways, that's good to teach our people that worship of God is important and it's not dependent upon electronics or perfect services or right. everything going right we should still be worshiping god even when the projector dies or the mics cut in and out or yeah. the batteries die or whatever else yeah um but I, I think those are subtle lessons that we're learning that i hope we continue to learn in greater detail yeah. and specificity yeah. as we keep going all I, all I know is that I really feel like God has been right in the center of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this event happened at a time when it was, when it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's timing is amazing. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and look back at an event, you go, wow, if this would have happened on a Sunday with little children and older people in the congregation who may not have had time to get out without without some damage. You and I barely got out. But we got out with no damage. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have to breathe any smoke. Uh, you lost your hat. Well, and my sunglasses. And your sunglasses. <laughs> and a few other things that, Yeah. but God's took care of it. Yep. And he's allowed it to be replenished. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a new hat yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, you know, I, I probably will eventually. You know, I told the church, uh, I've mentioned it several times uh, because it was true for me. I assumed it was true for you, but I'm going to ask you now. Did you feel a, a unique sense of responsibility in this? Not, uh, you know, that's not true. Yeah. But emotionally, did you feel a little guilty? Did you take it a little more hard, harder than the other church member down the, you know, down the row there because we were there when it happened? Well, we did. We did turn on the sound system. And, you know, I'm rationalizing all these things. Why? What could have caused the fire? I don't think we caused it. No, I, I think it's a. It was an old system that uh, was going to go at some time or other. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was any um, foul play or cause there no. by any means. But did you? Do you? Did you find yourself feeling a little like you were taking it a little worse than the next person? No, I did. Irrationally, I, I thought I might be accused of doing something. Uh, well, I doing something you, wrong. I accused you to everybody. <laughs> but no, I I don't think I felt that way. I knew it wasn't true. I mean, I knew that I wasn't responsible for it. But I had this weird, fleshly, emotional feeling that I was there and I didn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. Yes. It, well, that was our initial response. Let's grab fire extinguishers. And uh, before but, we got them operational, the fire was so far gone that a measly fire extinguisher was not going to take care of it. No. And, and you know, the thing to do is get out of Dodge. As we thought about it, even afterwards, um, a fire extinguisher wasn't going to touch it anyways. It would just hit the tiles in the ceiling. It was already burning upstairs. Yeah. Significantly. So. But we didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't. I just saw the flame, and it was small when I first saw it. And it was big when I got back with the fire extinguisher. Yeah, it yeah. had grown immensely. Yeah, fast. Well, um, I think as we wrap this up, the main thought is, for me at least, uh, we're seeing God's faithfulness yep. and Absolutely. goodness. And we're it, seeing his love being poured out into our lives yes. through other Christians. And it makes me want to be faithful to him. Yeah. And it, learn every lesson that he has. Absolutely. So I hope that's happening with our people. Yeah, me too. But I don't I also don't want to squander it personally. He's been so kind, so good, so faithful, so loving that I'm eager to be disciplined by him, if that's what this is. I'm eager to learn whatever it yeah. is he's wanting to teach in all of its fullness. That should be our secret desire in every prayer is, is Lord, what's wrong in me, show me and get rid of it, because yeah. I want to be yours. Yeah. Well, that's about our church. Um, so if you're out there listening and uh, maybe you used to uh, go to church with us, uh, you kind of got a little update there of what's going on. Uh, um and, and kind of how we're viewing these things. But we would covet all of your prayers Absolutely. right now. Um, please be praying for our church, Trinity Baptist Church of Weatherford, Oklahoma. Um, pray for us over the next year, if, if you could. Just add us to a regular uh, prayer list. We would we would be so, so thankful. Yes, that would be wonderful. Um, some things we didn't talk about is this ministry, Doctrine and Doxology. Okay. Things are still going. Things are still trucking. You're still here and I'm still here. They are. We're still doing a well. We're trying to do the podcast again. 
Um, people are still getting their books and reading them. Did did the books? The books survived. The books survived. Yes. Well, some of the books survived. Well, that's good. Yeah. So some of the books survived. We'll get them uh, shipped out on schedule again. Uh, praise the Lord for that. And some other unique things have been happening. Um, some other opportunities have come up for this ministry. So hopefully the Lord will still use this. Well, I hope he uses it to his glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, that's all I've got. That's all I'm sure you've got. If uh, they're listening and want to reach out to us, let us know what they're thinking. Let us even know that they're praying for us and our church. Encourage us that way. We'd love to hear from them. Absolutely. You can do that by going to our website, www.doctrindoxology.com. That's all one word, doctrindoxology.com. You can find us also on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. All the handles and locations for those things are there on our website as well. You might also consider donating to Doctrine and Doxology uh, if you haven't considered that. As you come to the end of the year here and maybe God has blessed you with a surplus and you want to bless another ministry, this would be a great one. Uh, not because any of that money goes to us. It does not. Absolutely but not. all of that money goes to support... Um, church leaders in smaller rural type churches uh, as we get them books and resources and try to build them up and encourage them in ministry where they're at. And so if you would prayerfully think about that, you can also do that at DoctrineDoxology.com. Sounds good. Am I ready to pray? See. That's traditional, you know. It is. All right. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful because you're our Father. You love us, you care for us, you correct us, you give us life, you direct our lives, and uh, you're sovereign over all things, and, and help us to appreciate that. And when there's discipline that comes our way, help us to uh, grab a hold of it and, and pattern our lives to the likeness of Christ, and help us to walk with you holy, uh, giving all things to you and all glory to you. We praise you. We thank you. Uh, ask you for your continued blessings. And we just uh, thank you for the biggest blessing of all, which is your son on the cross for our sins. So guide us in Jesus' name. Amen.